Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Cattleman's Call podcast. I'm Lane Nordland, and I am excited about today's show. Back on February 13th, the 40th season opening race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series kicked off at the Daytona International Speedway. It is known now as the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. It was the day before the historic Daytona 500, but it was a way for millions and millions of people to be exposed to the Beef It's What's for Dinner brand and get to engage with cattle producers on social media and national TV. We are going to talk more about this historic event and what it means for beef promotion. I'm excited to be joined on the phone today by Clay Bertram, the Federation of State Beef Council's chair. Uh, he is calling in from Oklahoma, and also joining us is Mark Isley from the Cheyenne, Wyoming area. He's the 2021 NCBA Policy Division chair. And uh, Clay, I'll start with you. You know, it's been a pretty tough go with weather and cold and everything like that. Uh, uh, how did you fare there around Stillwater, Oklahoma? Well, it's sure glad to be back home. It was a, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a little rough getting home. Uh, you know, uh, was a uh, finally had to rent a car and just uh, hook it up and, and get back home to take care of the cows and uh, and uh, get that ice broke and uh, take care of the calves. And uh, fortunate we came through the storm pretty well, Lane. And uh, sure, thank you for having us today. Well, thanks for joining us, Clay. And I know uh, travel was not great getting back from the race and then every, that Arctic Arctic blast that hit and oh, I just. Uh, uh, like we said, warm weather's good, but we do need the moisture, just uh, the power of Mother Nature. We're, we are at her will, that's for sure. And, and Mark, uh, how about yourself? Is the wind blowing in Wyoming today? Oh, yes. It, uh, it's our staple every day, it seems. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it also works for us. When it's not miserable, it also blows the uh, uh, hills clear so the snow's gone and we can go out and graze again. So, uh, it comes with some good sides. Oh, definitely it does. And and uh, Mark, for yourself, uh, uh, could you maybe share a little bit about your family's operation there in Wyoming and uh, and uh, and your passion for for the cattle business? Uh, just to let our listeners know a little bit about your background. Yes, certainly. I uh, we uh, ranch here in the southeast corner by Cheyenne. We're both a uh, private lands and a public lands rancher. Our elevation runs from 6,400 foot to about 8,800 foot elevation, and uh, it's a great place to to uh, raise cattle. It's we've got great mild summers, but uh, you know we pay for it a little bit in the winter with our wind and such. But uh, I uh, have always loved the cattle business, and uh, I grew up in it and around it. My family, this is my family's place that I'm on now. I, I worked my way into it. I'm a, I'm a 40-plus year overnight success, <laughs> but uh, my family works with me. Uh, my son-in-law just came back to uh, to work with us full-time. He came up, gave up a, a very good job with John Deere because he also had a passion for cattle. Been working with my son and my daughters, my wife. It's uh, it's really been great, and uh, we're just fortunate to be here and uh, trying to do our best to serve the cattle industry. Well, thanks for all you do, and thanks for sharing just a glimpse of uh, of your operation. And I love that forty years overnight success. That's a that's a good one. Uh, and uh, Clay, on your end down there in Oklahoma, could you maybe just share a little bit about your career path and getting back into production agriculture? 
Yeah, Lane, thanks. I uh, <clears throat> went to school at Oklahoma State University and uh, ventured out to uh, western uh, the panhandle of Texas and spent six years in, in the feed yard industry, uh, surely getting baptized within this industry. Uh, and then I moved back home to uh, come back home and work for my dad in uh, Farm Data Services, a management accounting firm helping uh, small businesses, farmers and ranchers in the accounting area, uh, just an area of business that uh, so many farmers and ranchers don't have time for. Uh, and then uh, to supplement uh, my farming habit, uh, bought some cows. Uh, you know, my dad has always had cattle, uh, cattle operation, uh, and then uh, we jumped full full force uh, into the uh, into the cow calf industry uh, right about the time of the drought. Uh, and uh, so now we're uh, uh, got a cow calf operation here in central Oklahoma, uh, where we have. Uh, close to about five to 600 uh, Angus and Red Angus cows. Uh, then we uh, have a wheat pasture operation, too, where we uh, run our own cattle on uh, wheat pasture grazing here in central Oklahoma. So I have the day job to supplement uh, my habit of uh, cattle operation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like all of us that uh, are on this podcast, especially me, you know, I, I, I always joke, I, I BS for a living just to be able to pay for my cows and, 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 and have that sickness of wanting to buy more cows and get into more debt and to buy land. But you know what, that we are just passionate about what we do and, and we want to have a, have a role in, in the legacy that our forefathers had, or if it, if it's folks's uh, first opportunity to get into the cattle business, uh, there's so many resources out there uh, to, to learn more. And that's why I really enjoy hosting this podcast because uh, hearing the stories of individuals like yourself, and uh, and their work in the cattle business and also on the advocacy side through the federation and through NCBA it, it just uh, for me as a, a as a young producer trying to make a go of it uh, I, I just I, I love hearing about people's successes and also their challenges um, but but today I want to talk about some fun that, that that folks have in the beef industry and and so many saw the beef it's what's for dinner 300 before the Daytona kicked off um, and oh gosh, it, just so much promotion came with that. And, and Clay, to get us started, could you talk just a little bit about the goals of the Federation of State Beef Councils when it really comes to keeping beef in front of consumers and why this is such an important priority for both the Federation and for NCBA as a contractor uh, to the beef checkoff? You know, Lane, to, to, we want to keep beef at the center of the plate and the number one protein. Uh, we strive to look for new opportunities for beef and beef it's what's for dinner recipes, um, and we just can't get complacent. Uh, we must continue to work for our partners from the producer to the consumer. Uh, it's important for us to reach out to new consumers, but we want to make sure that we take care of our diehard beef eaters that are out there. Uh, and, you know, every year when we come together in the fall, the Beef Promotion Operating Committee uh, looks at the different projects that range from areas of promotion, research, consumer information, industry information, foreign marketing, uh, and producer communications. And, you know, the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300 came upon us, uh, as we'll talk about through this podcast, is just one of those different areas um, that we came upon to, to look on. It was just an opportunity uh, that came came before us uh, to to look at. Uh, so the federation is very strong. We have a lot of support uh, from the state beef councils, and uh, you know NCBA is just one contractor uh, to the beef checkoff uh, that we look at. So uh, Clay, sticking sticking with you for this uh, question, uh, what is the importance of promotion 
T- tell me about the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300 sponsorship. Uh, how did that play into the promotion effort overall? You know, after the following very successful Hallmark campaign and that we ran with the drool log through the holiday season, uh, the Beef It's What's for Dinner was just a great opportunity for us to go back on TV. Uh, when you look at what's happened through the pandemic and through, through COVID, uh, through the opportunities, through sponsorship, um, when we looked at what the return on investment and the, and the opportunity that it, this shown to us, uh, it was just something that we couldn't pass up. Uh, it was a way for us to continue to increase the brand visibility of beef and beef. It's what's for dinner brand. Uh, and we, we had to continue to stay flexible and nimble and look at, and, and look at that opportunity. And we were ready to react for it. Um, just like many of us, you know, uh, Lane and Mark, we've all been sitting at the sale barn and, you know, here comes that cow calf or watching the video auction. And here comes that group of cattle or that group of stalkers. You know, we took a chance. Uh, and this chance really paid off for us uh, with our State Beef Council uh, uh, partners in through this opportunity for the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. And Mark, uh, for yourself, obviously being a cattle producer, being involved with the Wyoming Stock Growers and with NCBA, uh, you also have a, a pretty strong tie to the auto racing world. Could you maybe share a little bit about that with our listeners? Well, you know, I am a car buff. Uh, I mean, I love a good cow and a fast horse and, and a good meal. Uh, but every once in a while, I, uh, I have a hobby that uh, I've always admired and uh, participated in some of the auto world stuff. And uh, it's always fascinated me, fascinated me about the, uh, the advertising as the sponsors have their cars painted on uh, with the logos and such. Uh, it's kind of amazing how that's a rolling billboard for sometimes hours at a time. It's smart business, and I was grateful that we had a chance to follow up and do that. Even though I'm a policy guy, and everything starts at the grassroots and and works up uh, from individuals to state affiliates and into our committees to to give us a background and and a foundation, it's pretty important that we still have consumers and people who buy our products, and I think that was important that uh, uh, we had a hand in some of this Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. It was uh, really important. So, uh, And they had a huge following. It's great to watch the fans. They're very dedicated. They are some of our base uh, consumers, and it was a lot of fun to, to go into that. You know, Mark talked about, Lane, his, his tie, you know, as a cattle producer in the auto racing world. And if you look at what these auto racers have and compare that to our beef cattle industry, racing has a legacy. Uh, of producers and Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt. And if you compare that to our industry, we have the same thing. You look at some of the, the producers that have come before us and the way that we pass these on generation to generation, these ranchers, the auto racing world has a very, very strong comparison. So it was just a natural fit. Uh, when you look at the comparison and for us to sponsor this race. Oh, exactly. And, and so, so Mark, uh, do, do you actually, you, you race cars or you have? Uh, uh, just because uh, I, I want to know. I think that's pretty cool. Well, it's it's more of a hobby that I involve my uh, children with. My, they're adults now. Uh, early on, I taught them how to work on cars. Every, that's a coming of age thing. <laughs> you grow up and want to have your driver's license and, and drive with your friends and go to school and such. And I traded time and a and, uh, little effort on c- the kids' cars so they could learn to work on them. And then I switched the, the playing field and said, okay, now you know how to fix that. Go work on the tractor. Let's fix the baler. 
go set the electric panel in the shop. And it worked. It worked wonderfully. But we actually have uh, drag raced against my kids. I've autocrossed uh, uh, competitively with my kids. And uh, and we've cruised. And, and it's been a social event that's something separate from the ranch, kind of a, a breather and a reset. So, And, and we've attended those different uh, functions before. This first time I've enter- entertained or uh, attended a full-on NASCAR race. But it was a transition that was very comfortable, and I enjoyed it tremendously. Great, great. Well, and again, you both are cattle producers, and you've seen the opportunity in this sponsorship to keep the beef brand in front of consumers. And as you mentioned, it's kind of that Americana, that that folksiness. I mean, auto racing is a part of our our heritage from its start in, uh, you know, running running liquor back during Prohibition and uh, to what it has turned into today to beef being that protein that so many people turn to and, you know, being able to uh, look and find these ways to reach consumers that maybe we haven't thought of in the past, uh, that, of course, being this promotion with the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. Why was now the right time to really seize on this opportunity, especially, you know, as we are still trying to really uh, 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 get over the impact uh, of the pandemic as well? Well, you know, Lane, producers and consumers are at home. I mean, they're in front of their television right now. And unfortunately, this race hit uh, kind of when Siberia hit hit the Midwest part of the states. Uh, producers had been taking care of their livestock. They, you know, maybe they hit the TV in the evening after they'd got done with their chores. Uh, it was a it was a way for us to represent their product in a different way. It was a way for us to represent their uh, dollar for that eleven dollar ninety one cent return on investment. Uh, the timing was just right for this opportunity, you know, just like any of us in our in our business as we as we've talked about. Uh, but we couldn't have done this without our strategic partners within the state beef councils, uh, and this this wouldn't have been possible. Uh, we had many many other partners that were there, you know, feet on the ground with us, uh, from you know from our officer team that was there uh, to the Florida Beef Council, the Oklahoma Beef Council, Tennessee, Ohio, and and I'm going to leave somebody out. The American National Cattle Women were there with us. Uh, from the Cattlemen's Beef Board officers. We just had so many boots on the ground that were right there engaged. It wasn't about just taking in the race, but it was meeting those uh, consumers. It was meeting those those race fans on the infield uh, that were just there. And it was it was time to think out of the box a little bit when this was presented to us. You know, we uh, we had this – It was, the price was right. We got an offer to, to, to buy into this thing, and it was a, a real bargain for us. And, you know, we're just now starting to get some of the information back from both NASCAR and our own social media tracking. And it's amazing. Uh, 66.3 million on, on uh, the media hits. Uh, 1.9 billion. You might have to shore me up on this, Clay. But it was amazing to watch the fans because uh, it was a badge of honor for them to get the bandanas and the handouts that the, the, uh, beef councils were distributing. It was a badge of honor if they got one of our buttons or a hat. And those people were working weeks before the race. They worked all the way through the race. Uh, they worked with media. Uh, the beef councils that send the Texas uh, beef council sent in their chefs. They took care of media. They took care of the announcers. They took care of the Thunderbirds. Uh, it was just a tremendous PR and great goodwill step forward for the beef industry. I, I think everybody earned their keep 
and then some. And I will always be grateful for this opportunity they presented us. Well, again, I just uh, I wish I could have been there. Honestly, seeing seeing all the the pre race uh, promotions and uh, uh, all of you on on TV and on the social media platforms, getting interviewed and promoted, and even on the next day's race, people talking about the beef it's what's for dinner three hundred. And, and as I mentioned, you both had the opportunity to attend the race in Daytona. Uh, Mark, uh, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, what, what was it really like being there? There, not only just on the promotion end of things, but just being there and hearing that roar of the engine that people talk about and, and, and the vibrations they feel from those cars and the speeds they're going. What was what was that experience like for you? It's almost breathtaking. The power uh, and the speed are, are almost mind-boggling. The, uh, the noise uh, coming from those cars actually is like a bass drum on your chest. You can feel it. You absorb it. And I was actually talking to some uh, first-time attendees, and they were absolutely enthralled with the cars, the pits, the crews, the efficiency that they worked, the cleanliness of, of everything. It, it was truly a spectacle, and it was that way for us also. Uh, my wife, uh, Trudy, attended with me, and she was just having the time of her life looking at it first time. She has followed it on the radio and on TV, but to actually be there, you just absorb everything, the sights, the sounds, and then having our, our logo on the track and on the billboards, it was just a huge plus. It just made you feel good about the beef industry and the, the colleagues and the friends you have in the industry. It was just wonderful. And Clay, for yourself, I know that you had the opportunity to wave the green flag. Uh, what was that moment like for you as a race fan? Well, yeah, Lane, you know, many people might not know. I mean, I, I've been a NASCAR fan, and they, they changed the sport a little bit and kind of walked away. And, and it, you know, when this opportunity came along, uh, it was just a it was like a wow opportunity. Like Mark said, you know, just the value of the dollar to be able to do this, um, it, it was huge. Um, you know, wearing a cowboy hat up, up on the stand, and they radio down, and they said, you know, hey, tell that guy to take his hat off or it's going to end up on the track. Uh, was just you know exhilarating when you, when you feel those cars and the vortex of the wind going by, um, but the real thing is is you know you see that beef it's what's for dinner you know from where I was at the at the flag stand you could see the backdrop of where the winner was going to be, um, and at that time during the race you, you didn't see the cooler of steaks that was going to come out. Um, and to be honest, I rewatched the race last night. I did fast forward through a lot of it, but. The energy on TV um, that many of our fans saw that Mark and I didn't see when they bring that cooler of steaks out last night, uh, when I watched it on TV, was the energy was there. You got race car drivers, you got the guys on TV that are calling the race, talking about, "Wow, that that's a huge tomahawk!" You know, get me to the front. I want to be to the front. Um, you know, those radio guys are talking about that. There was just so much energy talking about that. So, you know, one of the coolest things, you know. Um, you know, I, I, a little funny note, I, I did ask the guy in the flag stand, I said, anybody ever drop this? And he looked at me and said, not in a very long time, and that's not happening today either. So, <laughs> you know, he, he made sure that I was going to hold on to that thing pretty tight. But, you know, climbing down off the stand, the fans are chanting beef, beef, beef. Um, and one thing people may not know is we had an influence on the menu at Daytona International Speedway. Oh. We influenced the full menu, not just in the uh, in the boxes in those areas and and the winner's circle, but the whole entire menu at that at that track. 
which is a big deal. Uh, you know, we influence that all the way across. Uh, but, uh, you know, to have that influence, to have the opportunity for me was just a chance in a lifetime uh, to wave that green flag and to see beef at the center stage. Well, I think uh, one thing, Clay, for next year, if uh, this opportunity happens again, we better get you a stampede string for your hat so you, so it doesn't get blown off and then you can keep it on. How does that sound? <laughs> uh, we can, I was we can... really happy for Clay that he got to... I was really happy for Clay that he got to wave the flag. I was thinking maybe they were going to let me drive the pace car, but uh, no, not a chance in the world. <laughs> well, if again, if this uh, opportunity happens down the road again, uh, that might have to get put into into the into the contract, Mark. But uh, there you go. Yeah. But, gentlemen, as we look at that, again, there was so much excitement. There was so much fun surrounded by this, whether you were watching at home like I was or if you were there in person like you both were. You know, you mentioned before, it just doesn't happen overnight. There's so many different partners. There's so many different uh, uh, councils that come together to do this. Uh, you know, the Federation of Beef State, uh, State Beef Councils, uh, individual beef councils coming together to make the sponsorship happen. Uh, Clay, could you tell me your thoughts on why the state and national partnership is so important and what it was like to work so closely with so many states to make this race sponsorship truly come together and and, uh, and come off the way it did. Yeah, I think you have to take a step back because when this was presented, uh, we had to look at the, you know, the full budget. What is this thing going to cost? What, what do we have as far as the money that, that it's going to take to put this on? And, you know, we couldn't have done this without our 44 state partners within the beef count, within the federation and our state beef council partners, uh, and without the money that they contribute and put into this. So it was a full partnership. You know, we had those 11 state beef councils that contributed above and beyond what they had put in and our boots on the ground where they came in and took, actually took part and were involved in, in coming in on Wednesday. Some of those councils were there. We called them, you know, the ground crew that were fully, fully engaged in the infield and, and handing out recipes and, and doing that part. Uh, but we couldn't have done it with all, without the full support of all these beef councils. And this is just one of many, many projects uh, that we're involved in, from promotion to research to nutrition. You know, uh, we just rolled out uh, the Babies for Beef campaign that you can see on our YouTube's, you know, YouTube site um, that's very important to, to, to young babies that are coming out. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that partnership is just so important to the many, many things that we do uh, and to work closely with those states. Uh, is just very key, Lane, to what we're doing as as many. I hope the first of the first of many many projects that's going to come out of the Federation State Beef Council partnership. And uh, when when we uh, recorded this show just this morning, uh, the uh, cattle industry winter reboot uh, kicked off. Obviously, we weren't able to meet in February in Nashville for the 2021 cattle industry convention and NCBA trade show. So being able to gather online and hear a policy update on NCBA's behalf and, and all the hard work that uh, cattlemen and women are doing uh, at home and then also the advocacy out in Washington, D.C. is so important. So, Mark, when it comes to suing state cattlemen's affiliates, 
work closely with the NCBA on these policy issues that uh, were just discussed this morning online. Is the process similar when there are big issues in the cattle industry that needs to be tackled? Uh, I mean, we've had a pretty odd past year. You know, how, how does the industry tackle these big issues and listen to the concerns from state affiliates? You know, that's the beauty of NCBA is it all works from the ground up. It's grassroots. And everybody that has an issue, uh, whether individually or combined, as it comes up through our representatives, our state affiliates, uh, makes it to our committee process, and then uh, gives the leadership, the officers, directions to take this thing and, and designate resources to uh, help or, or help uh, prevent uh, bad things from happening to the, re- to the uh, industry. Uh, it's really good. It's really important. If I was a Beef producers don't get to see this up close and personal as you do once you work on the inside. I've never seen such a dedicated staff and leadership and volunteers that try to work this thing. You know, it's trying to make the wheel work. You don't have to invent it. You just have to find out how everybody else has used it. And that's what the networking and the educational components that we put together are for. And I think they're hugely successful. I've been following some of our, uh, winter reboot today and i think i've seen a lot of things and then i learned something more see something new i am tremendously grateful for uh, these folks that have uh, stewarded the the cattle industry for years i'm grateful to be a part of it now and back to the race just briefly you know it was sometimes some folks thought maybe that was a, a junket for the officers the truth is we worked very hard and it was really good for us if i was a producer and saw that happening on the ground I would be very relieved because there were some people in their uh, RVs and stuff on the infield that had spent over $1,000 on beef for the three or four days they were going to be there. So it, uh, it's good to see how the two fit together, both Federation, Beef Council work, and the policy. It's, it's fun when it happens like this, and I'm just grateful that there's good folks at the helm that work at this. Yeah, Lane, and just to piggyback off what Mark said, you know, he might be the uh, policy chair, I might be the federation chair, but this is really a full team effort from your officer team to your state beef council team to the, like I said, the cattle women, the CBB officers, and just your just your whole gamut of teams, your chefs from Texas. This was a team effort. Nobody really had a title that was there. We all just uh, pitched in and, and, you know, made it. It was the it was a full beef event, uh, and that's what's great about this is just everybody pitching in. There there wasn't much time to sit around, I can tell you that. What was it like being down there on site, whether it was up in the up in the boxes or, or down uh, maybe on the infield hanging out with folks? What what was it like, though, on race day from the, the moment you woke up until the race was over? What was the feeling like just uh, being around so many different people – enjoying the race or, or there on the production side, all, all coming together to promote the race and beef all in one day? You know, beef has not been on national TV for over a decade, and it was thrilling to see it and see it in such big focus with all those folks promoting it, people buying the product, being happy and supportive of it. Uh, I thought it was a tremendous uh, feeling to be honored and, and, and represent the industry and also watch what was going on in the underpinnings. And, you know, it reaches beyond the, the borders of this country. 
uh, you know, we've hosted, uh, like the Japanese sent a bunch of chefs and magazine critics to our ranch a couple, three years ago. And this stuff is really important. It's seen around the world and see it on TV, uh, and all the outlets that carry it. It was really exciting to, to be a part of it. And I, I felt tremendous pride in the fact that, uh, it was our people that made this happen and starting from the producers to everybody that promoted it to the folks that, uh, put it on display and clay was absolutely right the biggest talk amongst a lot of the drivers was they were wanting to win they also wanted to win that big cooler stakes <laughs> you know race day had so much energy i mean to be honest i mean i was a kid in a candy store i didn't sleep much the night before uh you know just just thinking about the next day and you know the phone rang the next morning in the hotel room it was it was Deanne Maples who got to give Florida Beef Council Deanne and Jim just a huge huge amount of credit for their team down there but you know it started and it said uh you know grab your coat grab your shirt uh we're going on ESPN um that was impromptu we went on we went on with Marty and McGee uh where you know his his final quote that he tweeted out was that was the best darn steak he had ever eaten. Um, you know, that was an impromptu deal. We didn't know what they were going to ask. They didn't know what they were going to say. And, you know, there we were live on ESPN, uh, you know, with the Beef Boys, you know, and he he gave props to all the cowboy hats and the energy that was there. Granted, it was pouring rain in the background. We didn't know if we were going to have a race that day or what we were going to do. But just the energy in the air uh, of race day. And then, you, you know, if you want to fast forward to the Daytona the next day, uh, where we still had our Beef It's What's for Dinner logo that was uh, painted on the infield. Uh, and to hear the guys, the NASCAR drivers who didn't run the day before, were still talking about the cooler full of tomahawk steaks. Um, Austin Sendrick with Team Penske, who won the race, is wearing his great big Beef It's What's for Dinner 300 trophy belt buckle around the garage. He's wearing his cowboy hat. Uh, you can't tell me that that young driver wasn't proud to be wearing that cowboy hat, and I'm sure that whole team ate a, ate a big, healthy cooler full of steaks and, and beef. So the, the energy that was there, you walked around the, uh, you know, the rain delay that was on Sunday that was for five and a half hours on Sunday when they couldn't run the race. Uh, granted, we didn't get back to the hotel till 2 a.m. on Monday morning because uh, that race ran long. So they had to fill in, guys. I mean, there was a lot to – you know, a lot to fill in. They had to talk about something, and so I promise you there was a lot of talk about the beef that's what's for dinner 300. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking at some numbers that we got. Total combined potential reach on social media, 33.4 million potential reach uh, from just the social media. That doesn't include any kind of TV. So, uh, you know, we're really getting that return on our investment right there, Lane and Mark. Oh, definitely. And uh, obviously, uh, fans uh, were able to attend. What were you hearing from the fans that got to uh, watch that race in person and see see beef in, in that big old cooler tomahawks uh, up for the winter? Big thumbs up to everybody. They were they were happy. They wore those hats or those badges like like uh, uh, badge of honor. Uh, a lot of the folks out in the infield that uh, had. Uh, partaken got some of the bandanas we were handing out or the beef councils were handing out and they were displaying those on their flag poles just like uh, like look at us we're proud to be associated with these folks that was really wonderful because there was some real buy-in from our consumers and uh, you know when you talked about the tv or when clay talked about the tv the filler you know we watched that ticker tape on the bottom of the screen it ran almost continuously 
and that was that was that promotion was priceless just unto itself. Yeah, the interaction was so received from the beef recipes um, to the coloring books to the you know anything that we could hand out that had that had beef on it, um, very well received. You know, uh, they wanted to know what is there a cooking contest? Where can we go get the beef? You know, where's the beef? You know, they they just they were very well received in the infield. You know, the the crowd was only thirty thousand um, because of the limited capacity. Um, so just imagine what this would look like with a full infield of RVs. Uh, and, you know, a whole crew, uh, pit crew of people out there of us, Beef Council's handing out stuff, and 150,000 full stands at Daytona. So uh, really excited if, if we ever, if we decide to do this again, uh, just the outreach that we could get. And, you know, we're still getting info and, you know, interviews like this and, and some other media events that we've done. So the outreach isn't over. We're still building on this event. And I encourage our listeners, if you want to get more of a visual on this, if you weren't able to watch the race or any of the recaps, uh, the latest Cattleman to Cattleman TV show is going to highlight the race. Uh, I know Russell Nimitz, uh, my broadcast buddy uh, here, up here in Montana and also on Cattleman to Cattleman, he uh, he got to interview view everyone, and that's going to be a great feature. Um, so just uh, go find Cattleman to Cattleman online or tune in on RFT TV to watch that because – the visual is pretty dang cool as well. Uh, but again, the, the, the reach, as, as we continue to talk about how many people were reached on social media and on national TV, uh, Clay, there has been a big shift in the approach to beef promotion over the past uh, 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 year. And uh, with a couple of exciting TV advertising opportunities. I, I know we talked about the Hallmark advertisements uh, during uh, during the Christmas holiday, and now the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300 sponsorship. What has driven that change in trying to get back on TV and, and reach these? Because I, I know it always comes down to the dollar price, but what, what has changed uh, that direction for you all? Well, I think these were just great examples or opportunities that we took advantage of. But we still want to look at our focus of the areas of promotion, research, consumer information, industry information, foreign marketing, and our producer communications. You know, these two areas came along for us at the right price at the right time. Uh, but our areas of focus still continue to look at those different areas, and our programs haven't changed. These were just great, great times for us to look at and see these opportunities that came for us. Just like we talked earlier, that bargain that came through the sale ring, we latched on and we're doing it. There may be another one in a couple months. There may be another opportunity that comes through a state beef council or through another project through the federation. So we look forward to those opportunities, and there may be something else on TV, so stay tuned. Clay, could you just expand upon that? Uh, just maybe what are some of the, the, the bread and butter that uh, we are, are reaching uh, with consumers with beef promotion dollars, whether that is social media or, or different types of campaigns that uh, that we need our cattle producers uh, to, to be more aware of when it comes to how the, the, uh, uh, the, the beef checkoff dollars are used in promoting, educating, and researching the product? You know, I've always been one that there's there's some pillars that we have to continue to focus on, and that's research dollars. We can't let those go down. Nutrition dollars, and we have to stay at the forefront. Uh, you know, the new dietary guidelines just came out. So 
we have to stay at the forefront of those areas and make sure that we have those baseline areas. Then from those baseline areas, we can build upon and do things like the Hallmark advertising on TV, the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. But we have to stay focused on those nutrition areas, those research dollars, and we can't lose sight of what our baselines are and what those pillars are to move forward uh, with those with those producer dollars. And don't forget, that producer dollar, that $1 investment every time that animal is sold returns that $11.91 return on investment. Well, again, uh, thanks for, you know, expanding on that. I think it's important for folks to understand that. And, and Mark, uh, could, could you maybe just share your thoughts on what it means to be a beef producer and to see your product featured back on national TV? And and what is the response that you've maybe heard from other producers in Wyoming and, and throughout your region? Well, I heard more from uh, uh, non-beef producers, and they were thrilled to see that uh, the beef industry was so well represented. Uh, and to the producers, all I can say is your checkoff dollars are well spent, well monitored, and it's a wonderful opportunity. And in that regard, as far as marketing goes, it's, it's really good to hold on to your base market and expand that and strengthen that and expand into potential markets. But I noticed something, and I don't have any metrics to, to back this up, but I noticed there were a lot of young fans uh, walking the infield, in the stands, you know, kids. And they're going to be our future consumers. And I think that they were really buying into it. They were enjoying what their parents were seeing. And, you know, they're going to have that on the forefront of their mind, that that beef thing was really cool. Uh, no one really celebrates a big business deal or, or a happy holiday with a uh, chicken leg. They're always talking about a steak. And I thought we cemented that deal and uh, put that uh, stamp of approval on it for, for the beef industry. And Clay, you know, as we wrap up our talk about uh, this great promotion uh, opportunity, uh, could you maybe talk about what, what is ahead for beef promotion? Uh, do you think uh, we'll continue to see a shift back to TV? And I know it all comes down to the opportunity and how things are priced, but with these type of sponsorship opportunities where national and state efforts come together, what, what can you imagine we can accomplish in, in promoting beef over the next year to 10 years? Well, uh, you know, Lane and, and Mark, we're a great team. Uh, the Federation and State Beef Councils. And then when we look at this whole thing as a holistic, uh, from the policy side to all of us, we're just one great big team as we look for different opportunities. And we, I don't think we can rule out any idea uh, that somebody might have or an opportunity that, that might come along. Um, you know, TV can be very expensive, uh, but it, it might be just a different idea that somebody has or, you know, maybe we should try this or maybe we should look at this. Uh, but we have to always be mindful of that producer dollar, just as we do on our own farms and ranches. And, you know, that's how I look at the dollar when I'm on a member of the Beef Promotion Operating Committee, when we spend those dollars wisely, that those are every producer's dollars, and they're my dollars that I spend, and they're Mark's dollars, and Lane, they're your dollars as producers, that we just have to be mindful. And as we spend those dollars and we look for those opportunities uh, when, the, when the national and state efforts come together and what those opportunities uh, might present themselves to us as we look for future endeavors uh, with other partners as they might be at just as NASCAR or whoever that might be down the line. Uh, but this was really a team effort. Uh, I was glad to be a part of it uh, from the officer team all the way down to our state beef councils. And uh, Clay, how many days did it take you to get home? 
Uh, it took me about three days. Uh, finally, uh, just rented a car, uh, not from Florida, rented a car from Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, so uh, it was. Uh, it, it took about the same amount of time, but when I got home, it was a negative uh, 10 degrees. Uh, but it's 70 degrees here today in Stillwater, Oklahoma, so sure glad to be home and uh, taking care of the cows on the ranch. And uh, just thank you for this great opportunity and all, all the uh, all the supporters. And uh, glad, to, glad to work with Mark. And uh, just uh, this is just a huge opportunity and look forward to more in the future. Mark, how about yourself? How, how were your travel? Uh, did you have any troubles on your end getting home? No, I, I don't even want to talk about it because it went so good for me. It just makes everybody... <laughs> upset i literally i got on a plane and five hours later i was home and that included two hours driving home from the airport yep. but uh, you know it uh, it it was cold and everybody here was real happy to see me so uh, we were just starting to calve and uh, and so it was a good time for me to get back and get my nose to the grindstone but uh, you know the the policy side you know we work on the regulatory and the legislative and the cultural things and and, pre, and create a, a favorable business climate for beef and i'll tell you the other leg of that stool is absolutely on our promotion side and the councils and federation uh, they just do a wonderful job and i i think the producers need to know their money has been well managed well maintained well spent Oh, uh, definitely. And again, it, it just takes having these conversations and, and learning more about the programs and what they do. And, and Mark, I, I do have to ask, you know, being, being uh, a racing fanatic and, and loving the sport on so many different levels, uh, I mean, how, how fast do you feed your cows in the morning? Do, do you clock, clock yourself on, on how fast you can get your chores done? Well, it's sure going a lot faster with the new machinery than it used to do with either small squares or loose hay, but uh, I, I look more like the clock. How long is it taken rather than how fast? Yeah. But uh, it, uh, after watching cars go by at 200 mile an hour, now yeah, there's no comparison. Or, or if the neighbors come by and you're just driving, feeding in a circle, they might say, oh, he was watching the NASCAR race again. <laughs> but... <laughs> Turn left. Turn left. <laughs> but, uh, gentlemen, again, uh, I, I know you've had so many opportunities to, to talk with so many different uh, media platforms from the national uh, stage, the state stage, talking about the beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. So thanks again for taking the time to, to just share more here on, on the Cattleman's Call podcast. And, you know, I, I know our, our, our listeners out there are going to enjoy going back and learning more about the event or, or watching it. Uh, uh, any last thoughts you'd just like to share with our folks out there on the podcast today, just how things are going on the countryside or, 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 or joke? The floor is yours. Anything you'd like to share? I'll, I'll just leave you with this. You know, as as we were watching the race and the NASCAR executives came around, they were just as interested in learning about our business and no pasture to plate as we were of knowing about theirs. So they weren't just coming around shaking our hands and thanking us for the for being a part and the NASCAR sponsor. They wanted to know how the beef got to the plate. So we spent some quality time telling them about how, how the beef got there. Uh, and so that was really a key part and was an interesting uh, aspect to that. And I enjoyed visiting with them and, and telling them more about my business at home because they were truly interested. And And one final thought, Feeding the Thunderbirds and and taking care of our Air Force uh, and those guys was a highlight for me uh, to shake their hands and thank them for the service. I, I don't know if it gets much more American than that uh, than to uh, to thank them for that. So that's my final thoughts. 
I'd have to say pretty much the same thing. It was interesting to have people ask about the beef industry and what we did from the, from the ground up. Uh, I had some of the consumers in the infield ask the same questions uh, as some of the uh, higher-ups in NASCAR. Uh, it, it was really, really wonderful to see that. So uh, I'd say, by and large, it was a wonderful experience and, and time well spent for everybody involved. Well, again, I, I hope it is an opportunity that uh, is presented uh, uh, for for the continuation of the beef. It's what's for dinner, uh, being a part of a race day. Uh, and I look forward to, to seeing uh, just the, the TV impressions, how many folks are reached. I mean, 33.4 million just on social media. That's a lot of people reached. And, uh, again, it all comes down to uh, spending the the, the checkoff dollars that I pay, that you pay uh, in an appropriate manner to make sure that the research, the education, and the promotion are all out there. And uh, what a way to do it. And and just to see that uh, that big old tomahawk steak being waved in the air uh, when, when the when the winter got that cooler, I, there's nothing better than seeing a tomahawk steak being used as a tomahawk, pretty much. Well, there might be one thing better, and Lane, that might have been cooking it and eating it. Uh, true, true. Gosh darn. Clay, thank you for lining me out. <laughs> I needed that. That is true. Gosh darn. God, and I'm host, hosting this and, and not even thinking about the, the best part about it, eating it. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I, I know you, you've been on the road. You got chores and cattle to take care of. But uh, big thank you to Oklahoma's Clay Bertram for joining us. Of course, he is the chair of the Federation of State Beef Councils. And Cheyenne, Wyoming's Mark Isley for joining us, the NCBA Policy Division Chair. I, I look forward to, to joining you all down in Nashville for the Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Convention this coming August. Uh, make sure and check that event out at ncba.org. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. Pleasure's all ours. You bet. Thank you, Lane. All right, friends. Hey, go check out the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. That all can be found on the Cattleman to Cattleman YouTube page and also on our NCBA social media pages as well. That's going to do it for today's Cattleman's Call podcast. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.